Yes, let's get into a bit of golf here on Sports Drive this afternoon. Joining us down the line to talk all the latest from Golf Australia is Dane Heverin. Dane, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Matt. Thanks for having me again. Thank you very much for taking the time. Uh, John Rahm, what a magnificent performance it was at the Genesis Invitational winning that tournament at 17 under par, two strokes better than second-placed Max Homer. Dane, John Rahm, he is just on some sort of winning streak right now. It's just it's unbelievable how well he's playing. Like, we all knew that he was obviously such a good player. He'd been world number one not too long ago, but this year he's come out on fire. He's won three times already, and we're not even at the end of February yet, and he's just dominating. He's, you can see he's, he's pumped up, he's ready to go, he's definitely eyeing off winning some majors and he is just playing breathtaking golf he's playing so well he is uh he's beaten or tied 98.8 percent of golfers that he's gone up against in 2023 it's quite remarkable he's only he's only lost to eight golfers in total um what he's doing right now it's it's almost tiger-like isn't it it is but in the last six months his worst result has been a tie for eight, which is just crazy. <laughs> like the, his bad week is he's still been in the top ten in the last six months. Wow, it's really interesting how um, yeah, he the second half of last season he went back and played in Europe a bit, particularly events in Spain, and he won there. And he actually beat um, Minwoo Lee in the last group um, in Spain in one of those events, and. That sort of really kick-started everything. So a bit of time at home for him, a bit of familiarity, familiarity, and he's found whatever's working for him. He's always crushed the ball off the tee and had an excellent short game. But at the moment, he's just figured it out. It's all clicking for him. What is he? He's 28 years of age. I mean, how many majors could this guy theoretically go on to win? Oh, it's, it's so hard to put a number on. But it's funny, like, the way he's playing, he could easily win multiple majors this year. We, we're not that far away from the Masters. It's a bit over a month away now. He, he has to be the red-hot favourite for that. And if he wins there, there's no reason why he can't win anywhere else. So he, he could easily get two major wins this year just based on how well he's playing. Mm. Do you think he was a little lucky to win this tournament? I mean, a lot of people are saying Max Homer maybe was the slightly better performer. Yeah, Max Homer's playing really good golf and played well again. And, and maybe John slightly was, but that's just part of it. When you're playing well and winning golf tournaments, there's always going to be slices of luck go your way or you know, vice versa. When you're not winning, there might be a bit of luck go against you, but that's just part of it. I mean, I, I don't think luck comes into it too much because he's I said he's just playing unbelievable golf at the moment. He's amazing to watch. It's a really fun tournament to watch and a fun course to watch, particularly down the stretch, isn't it? Because it's quite tough and uh, really the cream rises to the top. Um, it's been one of the interesting things, especially on Twitter throughout um, the Genesis Invitational, has been the debate around course design. And there's quite a few interesting holes where there's shorter par fours that are well protected by bunkers and narrow shoots and so they are drivable but you know there's not much reward there and people debate whether that's a good thing or not and I just think the layout there is a really good thing 
raises lots of questions. We saw players taking some interesting lines off the tee, like Victor Hovland was hitting one over the scoreboard on the <laughs> yeah. at one stage onto the other fairway to chip onto the green rather than playing it the conventional way. And I think that stuff's great. It's a really good thing for golf. It makes it different and entertaining and interesting rather than just a simple stand up on the tee, bomb it long down the middle, hit your next shot into the green, and that's it. That there were so many different ways to play it makes it a really interesting watch. Mm. Uh, now, Jason Day, uh, he finished tied for ninth at nine under par, the Aussie. Uh, that is his third top 10 finish on the trot. So he moves to the top 50 in the world, and uh, well, he's looking at a Masters invite. couple of weeks, he'll be in the Masters, which is massive. It's um, it's just sensational for Australian golf fans to see Jason playing well again. Um, yeah, three top tens in a row. Um, his result before that was a top 20, so four top 20 in his last four starts. He's, um, he's really just reaping the rewards for a lot of effort. He, it's been well publicised how debilitating his back injuries have been. Mm. And over the last couple of years, he's had to completely remodeled his swing. So that's a really tough process, having to relearn how to play the game that he was world number one at, the major champion at. And we saw last year at times that he came out and in the opening round he'd shoot 65 and be in contention for the lead or be in the lead early. But um, he would just lose his rhythm with his groove or his back, um, lose, lose his groove with his swing or his back would flare up again and he'd have to withdraw from the tournament or he'd really struggle um, just because his back would seize up. So he's, he's having to put in a heap of work to manage his body and get his game right. And it's fantastic to see that um, it's starting to come together for him with a few good results. And mm. hopefully we can see him back up there again in um, majors. If, if he hangs on into that top 50 and gets into the Masters, like, he believes he can win. Like he's eyeing off a resurgence and, um, and wants a second major title. He's moved to number 46 in the world. Uh, Dane, what about our other Aussies who did compete in this tournament? Lucas Herbert and Adam Scott, a fair way back in the end. Cam Davis didn't make the cut. How do you think our other Aussie, Aussies performed? Um, Lucas had a disappointing finish, but played well earlier in the week. Adam Scott just never quite got into it, but Adam, it was Adam's first tournament back for a month. He'd been spending his time back in Australia. So, um, so going from warm, sunny Queensland and the Sunshine Coast to a bit chillier um, February in Los Angeles and be a bit different for the body, especially now that he's into his early 40s. But um, I wouldn't be too concerned with either of them. Lucas has had some really good results recently and um, is a really impressive player. And he's another one who's just inside <clears throat> that top 50 at the minute gunning for a Masters invite. And um, I think Adam Scott, like, he had a, dis- a disrupted lead into the event. Steve Williams, his caddy, who was Tiger's caddy, and caddy for Adam when he won the Masters. He's from New Zealand and he got held up because Cyclone there getting in and so he was racing against the clock, got in there last minute on the Thursday morning. So he had a very disrupted prep, but um, he's got a lot of confidence in his game at the moment. He's played some really good golf in the last few months, and he's another one that he's sort of at an age now that it's now or never whether he's going to really succeed in the majors again. 
especially with it being the 10th anniversary of his Masters win coming up, he's really gunning to um, make sure that he's up there and amongst the contenders when the majors roll around. Mm. Uh, now, you mentioned Tiger. He had a, a pretty entertaining weekend, to say the least. A bit of controversy and near Albatross. So, what did you make of Tiger's weekend? It's, um, firstly, it's, it's a remarkable effort that he's playing. Yeah. I think um, you know, when he walked down the 18th at St Andrews last July, I think so many people thought that was it and he was done. You could see how much pain he was in hobbling around the court. But the fact he's playing in the first place is probably because he's Tiger Woods and he has that mentality of that he's going to push through and he believes he can win and he's going to make it happen. And um, it's, you know, a lot of effort's gone into it. The, the controversy side of things, it was really it was just a stupid thing that he did. Of no other way to say it, really. It's just more than his finest moment. That was um, a dumb thing to do. But... Golf-wise, for him to be playing the weekend first tournament back is a massive effort. Um, obviously, he's still got it. You see his swing, you can see his pure. He's, he's still incredible, but um, it's just going to be his body. And golf fans have really got to cherish when he does play because he's going to play the majors and he's going to play a couple of other events a year like this one. So we're probably going to see him six or seven times a year. Mm. Is he the greatest of all time in your eyes? I've never asked you this question. Do, do you feel he's the GOAT? Oh, I think he is. I mean, even though um, Jack Nicholas won so many majors and there's so many other great players, I think no one has changed sport like he has. Golf is what it is because of Tiger Woods. You, you can't dispute that. And um, he was just so dominant as a player and game-changing and brought so much and money into the sport when he was dominating it from the late 90s and through the 2000s. I don't, I don't think he's the greatest. Mm. We're speaking to Dane Heverin here on Sports Drive this afternoon. Uh, Dane, uh, a couple more before I do let you go. Brooks Kepka, is he considering a return to the PGA? Um, I'm not sure. It's an interesting one. Uh, I'm sure people who love golf have been tuning into Full Swing on Netflix and getting a bit of an insight into what Brooks was like, and he seems um, he, he seems like he gets a bit lost when he's not up there and playing well. And I think for some of the live guys, um, this will be an interesting challenge for them, is that they've gone a long time without playing because of their reduced schedule. They start back their first event this week. Some of the other guys have um, popped up on the Asian tour and played there, but a lot of these top names haven't played. So I think... Brooks, these guys are competitive with each other. They want to beat one another, whether it's Live Tour or PGA. I think him sitting back, not having played any golf, looking at the likes of John Rahm going out and dominate, and he's sitting there in his lounge room thinking, I can do that. I, I can beat these guys and be better than them. So who knows if he's thinking or he's regretting his live move, but um, it might be motivation. Okay, and uh, before I do let you go, what's happening here from a local perspective in Australian golf? Um, we had David Michaluzzi win the Players Series event in Sydney yesterday. He's um, he's a really promising player um, from Victoria. He was one of the top-ranked amateurs in the world before he turned professional a couple of years ago, 
And then his professional career was really stunted by COVID. He didn't have anywhere to play outside of Australia just because the pandemic came at a bad time um, for him. And he really battled with some performance anxiety and turned it around. But this is the second time he's won this season. He also won the WPGA at the start of the season back in October. So now he's in the box seat. It's going to be really hard to knock him off to get one of the three DP World Tour cards that are on offer for the Order of Merit at the end of the PGA Tour of Australasia season. Um, he spoke about it afterwards. That He made a really big call that last year he had the opportunity to go over to America and play the Corn Ferry Tour qualifying school and, uh, and try to get a card there. But he decided against it to stay here and put all his energy into this season and playing well um, here in Australia to head over to Europe and get over there because he said he's like, I back myself to put in the work and solidly over a season rather than a week or two shootout at a qualifying school where you don't really know what can happen and credit to him it's paid off beautifully so far because he's he's won twice almost come top 10 every other week and he's playing fantastic golf and um, the player series continues this week they head up to Hunter Valley um, the TPS Hunter Valley and there's a good field again of especially with the men's players there, they're really gunning for those spots in Europe and things are really heating up. Yeah, plenty happening in the world of golf and we're only just getting started in 2023. A lot more to look forward to. Uh, Dane, it's been a pleasure chatting on the program this afternoon. Thank you very much for taking the time and enjoy the rest of your day. No worries. Thank you, Matt. There he goes, Dane Heverin. Writer and digital content manager at Golf Australia. I thank him for his time on the show today.